For our meditation this morning, I'd like to look at two <coughs> brief verses or passages. First one is in 1 Timothy 6. 1 Timothy 6. Second one will be in 2 Corinthians 9. 1 Timothy 6. This is the living word of God. Verses 17 through uh, 19, I believe it is. 1 Timothy 6, verse 17. <clears throat> Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Let them do good, that they may be rich in good works, ready to give, willing to share, storing up for themselves a good foundation for the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. And the second passage is in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, <clears throat> verses 6 and 7. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let's pray. Father, you indeed are the giver of every good and perfect gift. And in you we see the one who gives continually. You gave your only son. And so we thank you for this time now to meditate on that fact. And I pray that you would prepare our hearts for this time of communion and that our hearts would be set on pleasing you and obeying you and worshiping you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. We've been looking at the Eighth Commandment for a little while now, and uh, the Eighth Commandment requires, if you notice in your bulletin, the uh, uh, catechism says it requires the lawful procuring and furthering the wealth and outward estate of ourselves and others. And then it also forbids uh, that which hinders uh, this. I'd like to share just a few ideas, uh, one mainly about giving, but some of the duties that are required in the Eighth Commandment. First of all, truthfulness in doing business. Secondly, restitution. If we've uh, obtained things wrongfully, we should uh, pay that back and more. Uh, moderation toward worldly goods, which the catechism talks about worldly goods, uh, things that are way beyond uh, what is necessary and needful. Uh, frugality, not wastefulness. Uh, Scottish people like that word, I guess. I wore my Scottish tie. too. But uh, frugalness, uh, frugality and uh, wastefulness is certainly sinful. It's uh, poor stewardship. Uh, being, uh, having frivolous lawsuits. Our whole society, it seems like, has, does this all the time. But frivolous lawsuits to gain money. Uh, preserving and furthering the wealth of others is, is a duty. Uh, and ourselves, uh, we should do this for the glory of God and for his service. And then giving. We're supposed to lend freely. We're supposed to give freely as children of the living God. And I'd like to focus on that a little more. In Matthew 10... Jesus was sending out his uh, disciples and he gave them power. He gave them power to heal. He gave them power to share the good news. And when he did that, he said, freely you have received, freely give. And as he also freely gave us salvation, we are to give, not only materially, but to give the, the gospel always, giving the gospel. In Romans 8.32, he said, he, did, he who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also Freely give us all things. He freely gives to us. God is a giving God. He gave up. He delivered up his only son. And he continually and freely gives us all things. All th and we've, given, we've gotten all things that pertain to life and godliness. This morning, as I was singing, 
And I almost couldn't sing the third uh, verse of how great thou art. And when I think that God, his son not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. So God is a giving God. In James 1, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. This is how God gives. He gives liberally and without reproach. And it says it will be given to him. And our God gives graciously and without reproach. You know, if we ask too much of some people, they say, you know, oh, not you again. But God does not do that. He didn't withhold his only son. And he gives without reproach. He, he is a giving God. And we are to be imitators of, of our Lord. In Ephesians 4, which I read last week, it says, Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. So one reason we work is to give to those in need. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And I believe the antidote to uh, covetousness or covetous heart is a giving heart, is giving. And then finally, in, in 1 John 3, it says, Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need, and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? And people who steal, you know, usually are not uh, very generous people, uh, unless they think that by bribery or something, they can give something to get more back for themselves. But as Christians, we have the ultimate example of giving. We know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave himself as a ransom for all, for his all and his children, and he gave his only son, and we are to give sacrificially because of his example and because of his power. We here do, I believe, have the world's goods in abundance, and we should not shut up our hearts toward those who need it or cling to possessions as if they are our security. If we can't give to those in need, the verse asks, how does the love of God abide in him or in us? And God gave freely to us, and we are to freely give. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. So one reason we are to procure and further the wealth and the outward estate of ourselves and others around us is to be able to give and to give more as the Lord uh, gave to us. So let's not steal by being poor givers, but by using all that the Lord gives us and to give what he asks to bless and encourage and serve others. The Lord gave himself that we might come to God. He left the wealth of heaven to give himself for our salvation. He gave his life to free us from death. And as we come to this communion table, we see clearly, again, we're reminded again, how much he gave. He gave the ultimate. He sacrificed his life. His body was broken and his blood was shed. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. Our Lord, our our shepherd, died for his sheep. And that is what we are remembering here this morning. Let's pray. Lord God, as as our shepherd... You did indeed give your life for us and you redeemed us by your blood. You gave us your life. You bore our sins in your body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Lord, may we see the gospel so clearly that we too have great joy in giving. Lord, we praise you for your sacrifice for us and for your example to us. And we thank you for your great blessings which enable us to give. Lord, you are the giver of every good and perfect gift and we worship you And we partake of this communion now with you in joy in the name of Jesus Christ who gave himself for us. Amen.